What a great joy to be with you again. Have you noticed what I've been MIA for the past two weekends? I've been uh, sick for the past, like, like, past two weekends. I could barely speak, and so Father Reggie had to do all the heavy lifting. So I had to thank Father Reggie while I was sick. Because you imagine, every weekend we have at least eight masses. So it's hard to do. So Father Reggie did all the heavy lifting, so I thank him. But now I'm feeling a little bit better. So praise the Lord. So I'm happy again to see all of you. And just in time, because this Sunday is actually a huge part of our parish life. If you saw already, if you look out there, we've set up a, an outdoor altar. Because at the 12 p.m. Mass, a couple thousand people will descend upon St. Mary's. In fact, they've already begun in downtown Vacaville. They're processing through the streets at this very moment. And they're going to end up here by the 12 p.m. Mass as we celebrate Our Lady of Guadalupe one of the titles of the Blessed Mother. But there's also a second figure which we will remember today, which the liturgy introduces us to, is St. John the Baptist. These two figures, St. John the Baptist and the Blessed Mother, when you look at the church's liturgy in her liturgical worship, these two great saints are given the highest priority. Again, why? Because St. John the Baptist the Blessed Mother, and especially under the title of Our Lady of Guadalupe, do two pivotal things. They prepare the way for Jesus Christ. Which leads us to reflect upon a a huge question. What is stopping us from growing deeper in our Catholic faith. What is stopping us from allowing Jesus Christ to enter into our lives more deeply? Because we all have obstacles, every single one of us. Don't kid yourself. We all have it. There is always something blocking the flow of grace into our lives. Which is why, as we see St. John the Baptist in this beautiful gospel today, notice what he does. And to understand the events of St. John the Baptist, it's important to understand the context. In the first reading today, we have it from Isaiah chapter 40. The prophet Isaiah was speaking to a Jewish people that are now enslaved in the empire of Babylon. He's preaching the 8th century BC, so 800 years before the entering of Jesus Christ. The prophet Isaiah is speaking to a Jewish people who are enslaved. And then we hear the words in the first reading. Comfort, my people. Comfort. Why? Because remember, he's talking to a people who aren't free. They've been devastated. They've been demolished by Babylon. They've been stripped out of their homeland, brought into slavery in an entire new country. This is a decimated people that Isaiah is talking to in the first reading. And Isaiah is telling them, comfort, comfort. One day God will send someone to you. See, that is the backdrop of that first reading. Now hear the gospel anew. 
from the Gospel of Mark, which we just heard, it says this. Here begins the Gospel of Jesus Christ. In Isaiah the prophet, it is written. So remember, he's speaking about eight centuries beforehand, the first reading. I am sending my messenger before you to prepare your way. A voice in the desert crying, make ready for the path, make ready for the way of the Lord. Clear him a straight path. And then now enter John the Baptist. It is hard to underscore how huge John the Baptist was in the first century. He is preaching, it says here, in the desert. So if you can imagine the geography of Israel, if you know where the Dead Sea is, just north of the Dead Sea is the Jordan River. The Jordan River feeds, it is the main water source of the state of Israel today. So what's coming down through the state of Israel to the Dead Sea, and John the Baptist is just north of the Dead Sea. And north of the Dead Sea is a, it's a junction of empires. It is a main trading route. So you have Persia, you have the Mideast, India, China, you have the Roman Empire. So all of these empires meet in this spot where John the Baptist is preaching. It's a main trading route. And so his audience here would have numbered in the tens to the hundreds of thousands of people. And the first message out of John the Baptist's mouth is, in order to prepare the way for this coming God, repent for the forgiveness of sins. Do you see what just happened here? In order to prepare the way for the coming of Jesus Christ, the biggest obstacle for John, and he understands this, is the sins of the people. See, this is hard, especially for us modern people, because we have the idea today. Again, this is just us, us here at St. Mary's, but I'm, I'm talking about as a society. We don't, we don't believe in sin anymore. We think sin has no effect. Not in the spiritual, biblical sense. No, it, it has huge ramifications. And that is precisely what John the Baptist wants to get at. He wants to get at the unrepentant hearts of the people. Because what is the biggest hindering block to allow Jesus Christ in? It's the same problem we all have. It's, it's our pride. It is a, it's like a rock in us. The refusal of God. We all have it which leads to the dysfunction of every single human problem. And John the Baptist says, I must free you from this rock because the one that's coming after me who's more powerful than I who will baptize you with the fire of the Holy Spirit. Now that's John the Baptist. Let's jump to Our Lady of Guadalupe. I put her on the image of the bulletin cover today, and there's one particular image. The, the our image of Our Lady of Guadalupe is thoroughly rich. It's layered with, packed, packed with meaning. But in particular, when you grab the bulletin in the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe, you'll notice something peculiar, which for the 16th century observer, it would have mean, meant everything. 
So if you notice, if you think of the image of our, of our Lady Guadalupe, she is standing in front of the sun. Those little golden rays radiating from her back. It's a sun. Again, what is the impact of that? Look at the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe as if you were a 16th century Aztec. What is happening there? In the year 1487, when the Spanish first arrived in Tenochtitlan, it's the capital city of Mexico, we now call it Mexico City, they had a four-day festival. And we know this because the Catholic priests at that time, they were, they were there for this festival, and the Catholic priests at that time wrote everything down. And in uh, that year, they had a huge four-day festival to honor the god of war and the god of the sun. See, the Aztecs worship a sun god known as, and I'm going to butcher it because I don't speak the native Nahuatl language, Huetzalpultzle, the sun god of war. In four days, there was a Franciscan priest by the name of Juan de Torcamada. And in four days, the Aztecs in Mexico City sacrificed 77,844 people in a matter of four days. He was literally there counting. In four days, the Aztecs sacrificed nearly 80,000 people. When Our Lady of Guadalupe would appear in 1531, she's standing in front of the sun. For the Aztec warrior, that meant one thing the God in whom Mary is carrying in her stomach is greater than Huitzilopochtli. And they no longer have to fear this false God anymore. The God whom they had sacrificed tens of thousands of people to honor. They've been set free from this false god of the sun and war. You see, when we tried to evangelize the Aztecs in the 16th century, they wouldn't convert. We, we, we had a few hundred at that time period because they could not let go of this false god. But when Our Lady of Guadalupe appeared on December 12, 1531, it set them free. Within 10 years, nearly 10 million Aztecs converted to Catholicism. It is said that the priests were so tired of baptizing, their arms became sore. Thousands of times a day, they put pour water over their heads of the Aztecs. I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Thousands of times a day. Our Lady of Guadalupe, in what is now we call Mexico, she created a new people united Spain and, Aztec, and the Aztec Empire into one new people. Like John the Baptist, Our Lady of Guadalupe 
prepare the way for Jesus Christ. This Monday, December 18th, we will have our Advent pendant service. I've invited uh, many of our brother priests from around the area, and we will have an opportunity to go to confession. I want to invite all of you to come. Especially if you haven't been to confession in many, many years. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how shameful or how many regrets you have. That is precisely why Jesus Christ comes. We don't have to carry these sins anymore. It's almost like a chain on our neck which weighs us down. No longer for the Christian. December 18th, we will continue the mission of St. John the Baptist and Our Lady of Guadalupe and of Jesus Christ. Repenting of our sins is the greatest way to allow Jesus Christ to more radically take over my life. Thank you.